Fandom Fair with your host Sam and Midge. This is the first time being back in the studio. Well, technically, I, I for was, me, for you, I was here last week when I had eighteen minutes. Uh, I haven't been here. We haven't. Been, I we have not been here as a duo. No, since spring of like 20, 2020. 2020. <laughs> yeah, that was, and then the pandemic hit right after, like, was during spring break. They said, "No, you can't come back." Yeah, that was uh, the never-ending spring break. And then we were we were pre-recording stuff that the radio just aired, but we were you were back in your dorm and I was in my dad's closet. Uh, I was under my bed. Yeah. Uh, but it's very nice to be back very here true. in the studio. And now I'm going to introduce, we have two friends in the studio today, but I will only turn on one for now because the other one is doing homework. Uh, so, Joe, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Joe. I'm a very big Star Wars fan. Oh um, yeah, we're talking about Star Wars today. As we we talk we talk about the same four things. We t- thank you. <laughs> Welcome to the show where we talk about the same four things. We talk about the same two anime. Yeah. Well, three anime now. Three, yeah. Uh, and we talk about Star Wars a lot. That's about yeah. We we claim ourselves to be a show about many a fandom, and if you but, don't know what fandoms are, uh, uh, welcome to the crazy world of fandoms where we talk about. Things uh, we like thing, that are media. Th- this is the show where Midge and Sam uh, look way too deep into media they like and complain about it. That's pretty much what it is. <laughs> this is the show. Uh, so today we're going to be complaining about Star Wars, which which Star Wars fans doesn't complain about Star Wars? That's just how Star Wars is, really. Uh, so I did. I've been meaning to bring on Joe for over a year now. But, you know, pandemic. But pandemic hit, and my neither of our houses are particularly quiet to record him. Yep. But this is a episode I want to record for a long time, which we're talking about the bioethics of the Clone Wars. Do you want to like define bioethics for people who don't let know me, what a bioethics let is? Me define what bioethics. She's is. gonna define what bioethics. Because I realize are. some people aren't philosophy minors, like me. Like me. not a fla- not a philosophy minor in the slightest. I don't philosophy hard, but Sam is good at philosophy. I am kind of good at philosophy. I like to think of myself as a philosopher. I was going to do the Spider-Man meme. Uh, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, for who's you don't know, bioethics is the med- the ethics of bio, uh, biological and uh, medicinal research. So, that's what we're talking about. And we're also going to be talking about a little bit of finances. Yeah. And lucky for... I have not watched The Clone Wars, like, in its entirety since middle school. I watched it last December, because I finally got around to watching it. And luckily for us, Joe is literally the walking encyclopedia (laughs) of The Clone Wars, because sometimes she thinks that she was there. Do you? I have a lot of knowledge (laughs) of The Clone Wars. I will leave it at that. The, the I play a lot of games. What, what's the TikTok thing where people are like, "Oh, I went into this piece of meat," you know the thing? What is oh, that called? Oh, when they like, um, I know, I know what you're talking I about. Know it, Joe what? does that. Oh, like reality, that is the Clone they, Wars. When, like reality <laughs> shifting. That's for reality shifting. Joe shifts into the Clone Wars sometimes just in her head. Joe will shift into the Clone Wars and she talks about specific dates like she was there. Yeah, like we asked, we were talking about the Bad Batch two nights ago and we were like what what generation is echo so we called joe because i know if anyone's gonna know what specific generation of clone a specific clone is it will be joe (laughs) and And guess what she knew she knew uh he's gen one one, but after rex (laughs) yeah 
one of the first batches. The first batch. I just very much like my fictional history. Well, you like history, and then you like fictional history, and then you like economics, kind of. So kind of. that's why I I bring you, I bring you here to my lair to talk about Star Wars. Just to add to that, I do in fact shower. What? <laughs> what are you saying? Since like history, people are stinky. I I was I was making a pass at my. Uh, I know he's probably not listening right now, but my friend who's uh, an economics major, he likes to uh, he likes to call me a sweat lord. Well, maybe the economics major can listen to this episode of, of so sometime so uh, this is actually being recorded for our podcast. So if you want to listen to this episode again, if you don't you aren't able to listen to the full thing, you can listen to the podcast version of this show. If on, you are interested, if you are interested, on Google Podcasts and Spotify, it's just the same name as the show, Fandom mm-hmm. Fair. F A. N-D-O-M-F-A-R-E. You did it. I did it. I know how to spell. We can spell. You're the English major. (laughs) It doesn't mean you can't spell. Okay, to be honest, I was looking at your thing. I'm like, God, I wish you asked me to edit this for you. What, my paper? Yeah, just the grammar. (laughs) Ugh, nitpicky. This was a paper I wrote over a year ago. I wrote it during the pandemic for my ethics class. You you were tired. It's okay. Well, because I asked my professor, I was like, because he was like, I want you to choose, like, from a topics of the book, or you could ask me, I was like, can I do Star Wars? <laughs> Which, this is, that was the third paper I wrote on Star Wars within a year. Right, you wrote the I wrote one for my one. senior year. I wrote another music-based one for my first semester here. Right, because you took a music class that semester. No, I actually did that for my writing 105 class. Oh. Because the professor there likes Star Wars, so I'm like, oh, brownie mm-hmm. points, cool. Yeah. Uh, and she, we were talking about Star Wars. And then I'm like, um, can I do the bioethics of the clones? Because I think that's really cool. And then I actually had a long conversation with Joe about that for a little bit of inspiration. And we're going to let's let's talk about that now. Let's instead talk of, about instead it. of me rambling on about my paper, how about we go over my paper yeah. and Midge not critique my grammar? Because mm. <laughs> I have terrible that. Um, so we're going to kind of split this up into two sections. We're going to talk about the bioethics of the clones. Like that's what we're going to talk about. How ethical is it to create to create life create severely sentient life and for the singular purpose of war and then i want to talk about the economic boom and crash of the separatists because you know that had to have happened that that had to have happened and we were talking about this right before we came on george will never talk about it because george isn't thinking about these things but we are i just want to see the laser sword you cup (laughs) (laughs) but um yeah let's talk about that so I want to talk about, I, I think most of us can agree that it's not very ethical to breed sentient life and then be like, go fight in this war. Or to just breed life for the purpose of anything that isn't just creating life because you want to have a child. Just yeah. for the sake of having a child. Because, I mean, me and, like, me and Joe were talking about this in um, the room before, that, uh, like, each of the clones are perfect, like, each, I'm talking about each individual clone is yeah. perfectly sentient. Oh, yeah. They have their own personalities. They have their own names. They aren't just millions of Django Fett's. Yeah, like, each of them isn't like Django Fett. Like, and I, I'm, when I'm talking about clones, I'm going to exclude the Bad Batch for now. Yeah. We'll talk um, about them Because later, they are specifically genetically modified to have uh, alterations. I'm talking about just... The Regs. <laughs> Rex. Rex. Echo. Echo 
before up. he gets fives, like fives. Like I'm talking about all the regs. All the regs. Um, each of these clones have very specific personalities, and I'm thinking, like, Rex Waxer. Yeah. All the main ones, and they on Camino say, oh, "Hold on, I gotta find a quote because I wrote it in my paper." Go ahead. So uh, she's gonna find a clo- okay. clone real. So you got it. Uh, one of the Kaminoans who I believe is talking to Obi Wan Kenobi in, uh, during yeah. episode two. Oh yeah. It says, "You'll find that they are totally obedient, taking any order without question. We've modified their genetic structure to make them independent than the original host. Clones think can think creatively. You'll find that they are immensely, immensely superior to droids." Which you know. Using this word superior to describe anything and anyone just is a red flag inherently. Yeah, like these clones are when when they when you say they can think creatively, right. that inherently means that they have sentience. A, they have sentience and they have a level of intelligence that makes them self aware. Yeah. And I rem- this was before I wrote this paper before season seven came out mm-hmm. of Clone Wars. And I remember in the trailer I think it was Rex who said it when they were talk when he was talking to Ahsoka. I think it was in the trailer. Yeah. Where he says, um, we were we were we would not have been alive for this if not for this war. But the question is like I'm I'm paraphrasing about Yeah. Like, would they fight if they were not bred for this? The answer's probably no. No. What would they be doing? I mean they're Mandalorians, but yeah. Mandalorians are historically kind of isolationists. Yeah. From the rest of the galactic community. Yeah, as we can tell from just watching The Mandalorian, the show, that they are kind of uh, isolationist compared to everyone else. Uh, Joe, do you have any comments? Yeah. So, so I actually have an interesting opinion on cloning. Okay. Because I've delved into this a lot, because I have a lot of free time between school and work, I believe that cloning is inherently unethical, especially for the purpose of war. But it could be used to uplift economically underdeveloped regions. Like, speaking specifically in Star Wars terms, the clones could have been used for beneficial purposes like populating, you know, sparsely populated planets, colonies, and being a workforce, a workforce that is paid, not a slave workforce, a workforce that is treated like. Citizens, yes, like like regular galactic citizens, because, you know, if you're going to create life for the purpose of something, especially war, the very least you could do is treat them like humans. Yeah, like so. I I want to like bounce off of that because we were talk- we I texted you a bunch when I was writing mm-hmm. this paper, and uh, you brought up seventy nines, the clone bar, mm-hmm. which we said. Not many people besides clones go, go there. In there. I I think at most maybe the Jedi that like you know or the generals go there. There was like one alien over there, yeah, or one non-clone. I think. Yeah, but like the rest of them are clones, and we I I wrote in my paper, and I think when we were talking about this when I was writing it, that clones are treated like second-class citizens. Yeah, but it's they are weirdly treated because they are not. Seventy-nine is not put in. The lower uh, ring. The lower ring, of course. They're put in the mid ring. So mm-hmm. they're kind of in this weird limbo of, hey, we respect you, but not that much. Yeah. We, we respect you, but we don't want, like, the politicians seeing you. Yeah. When you're not ex- in your helmet. Exactly. Like, 
out of sight, out of mind kind of thing. Yeah. Because like, there's a lot of propaganda posters in the show and even in, uh, you know, up until the time of the Empire that sort of, well, not really, you know, later on, but more so in the time directly, you know, coming after Order 66. This is both in Legends and Canon, <coughs> where there was a lot of, like, propaganda posters revering the clones as like the stalwart sword and shield of the republic the might of you know the mighty right arm of the republic and they were you know it it was all like you know kind of like how it was in world war one and two where it's like buy war bonds support our boys back home yes i i i remember specifically picking up which i want the books of it it's like fifty dollars i know mm-hmm. it's the propaganda book yeah i think we were actually looking at one time we were barnes and noble oh yeah, uh, yeah. That i picked it up and there's like posters that in the Star Wars canon that's telling you to buy war bonds to yeah. like buy Galactic Republic war bonds to support the boys in white and I, obviously it's a connection to World War 1 and 2 as you yeah, said yeah obviously yeah yeah because a, a lot of a lot of the clone wars is very uh, it's it harkens back to a lot of the more media friendly aspects of world war the the world wars where it's all about like look at the allies defeating the evil fascists and you know look at how um look, look at how good our guys are and how bad their guys are it was very cut and dry mm. and you know that i mean that's the effect of propaganda yeah not to say that you know what what they were fighting against during the wars was Actually, what they were fighting against was Let me pure see if evil. I could pull up some of the sure. the propaganda posters from that book. Yeah. Right. Okay. Because so we have a lot of there's a lot of good separatist ones too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ones that like a lot of revering Count Dooku, and then there's ones yeah. from the Republic that are like, "Hey, uh, Count Dooku's not so great." Imagine revering Count Dooku. Imagine being named Count Dooku. Imagine Dooku. he has well, one. Does the, he have a real name? Hold on. Dark Tyrannus. <laughs> That's not like a real name, my guy. Dark Tyrannus is way cooler than the Count Dooku. I, I think know. he picked that name because people made fun of Dooku so much. Oh, uh, I bet they did. I'm looking <laughs> at this man being. What do you mean he was vampiric? I, okay. Sorry, I'm looking. No, he's just known as, like, Dooku, and then obviously Darth Tyrannus, the Sith Lord. But what do you mean he was vampiric briefly? What's this thing about? Hold on. This is me not... Okay, apparently there are vampire creatures in Star Wars. It's in a comic. This is things we have to know about. (laughs) Okay, Force-sensitive's, like... Okay, the bat... I'm just reading this because this... Oh, it's a bat-like species. Dang it. It's not, like... Vamp- cool vampire vampires. They are bats. Yeah, I think that was the original design for him. I, uh, uh, I, I found a found a pretty cool um Confederate uh-huh. poster. Mm-hmm. Did I say Confederate? You said Confederate. 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 Yeah, well, the Confederacy. They were Same called thing. Confederates. Yeah. So um, it's the picture of the Galactic Senate building, and it says there are two thousand senators inside this building. None of them care about you. And then Confederacy of Independent we Systems. Cannot confirm or deny that the Galactic Senate did not care about the citizens. <laughs> we I cannot confirm nor deny. We, we we do not support any sort of <laughs> Star Wars politics on the show. We're not siding with either. Uh, I'll, like I'm just looking at a lot of its um, a lot of the posters on here yeah. from the book are from the uh the Civil the Galactic Civil War age. Right. Uh, I cannot find a lot from the Clone Wars. Yeah, that makes sense because. Galactic Civil War really takes up most of, you know, it's the thing people know Star Wars best for. Though is I think, listen, like we're ta- if we're talking about Star Wars politics, I think the Clone Wars is some of the 
Oh, yeah. The coolest. Definitely. Mm-hmm. That's why. Listen, the sequels are going to be cool in 20 years for the people who grew up with the sequels. Like, I love the sequels. Mm-hmm. I don't know. understand why people hate them. Just but like how. For us who were 19, 18 when we saw Rise of Skywalker, I'm it's like, not cool. I'm like, this is. We don't think it's cool. I'm like, this is. Like, I don't like this one. Um, uh, we're but me, but little five-year-old me, was who saw Revenge of the Sith? You were going insane. I was like, "This is wild." Um, the problem is, I didn't see any Star Wars movie until like the twenty-fifth anniversary of the Phantom Menace. <laughs> the Phantom Menace was sadly the first Star Wars movie I ever saw. Okay, this is a cool one. Yeah, and I'm trying to see if this is for. I don't. This actually might be propaganda within the. Uh, the Galactic Republic. Yeah, which it is Palpatine, and part of his face is a skull. Ooh. Goes, the United Committee for Galactic Peace reminds you: violence is security, chaos is order, war is peace. Don't be fooled by political double talk. Vote against the Military Creation Act. So let's actually talk about this for a minute. Uh, okay. Because Military Creation Act was all about the clones, which, uh, listen, I don't like Padme Amidala very much. I think this is pretty well known on the show. Yeah. She's not my favorite, not one of my favorite women. Um, not one of my favorite women. She's not one of my favorite women. In Star Wars. In Star Wars. Uh, in general. In general. But I will give her credit. She is someone who severely advocated for clone rights. Oh, yeah. Because she thought clones should be treated equal and not a lot of... I'm sure the Kaminoans do not want clones to be treated equal I mean, because they were making... At, look at the Prime Minister. Mm-mm. No, no, definitely not. Because the Kaminoans were making Money. money. Off of, off of the clones, so why would they want to give them rights? <laughs> exactly. Why would they want to give rights to the people they're making money off of? Haha, <laughs> capitalism. Literally. Um, like, why... Because, why? you know, if they gave clones rights, I'm sure it would affect their... Uh, you know. Their I- ability to make as much money and... Yeah, it, no, high high, like genetically modified them to grow faster. You know, if clones um, were making money, they could be like, I don't like they. They would then, if they did have rights, they would have the ability to protest, mm-hmm. and thus they would have the ability to be like, we don't like what you're doing. We're gonna protest and not go to war. Because I immediately think of Cut. Yeah, who defected? Because he's like, I don't want to do this. I didn't sign up for this. I was, like, none of these clones signed up for this. They were born and bred into this, and they can't get out of it. Except cut, cut, good for cut. I mean, were any of us, did any of us sign up for this? Sam, this is an existential dread time. This is, <laughs> did any of us sign up to be part of the system? That's, uh, that's kind of another argument that I had, or that I had with um, my friend who is an economics major. Hop in. And he agreed with me. Uh, he said that because, you know, because we live in... He, he mitered in ethics, so he was all about this kind of thing. Because nobody can consent to being born, mm. we should be compensated for that consent based on the laws of, you know, because we're all about consent of the governed. That's the whole thing, uh, what's it, John Locke wrote about. And it's like, you know, these clones didn't ask to be made, and they are being forced they're being trained and then forced to put their lives on the line for a cause that they have no investment in they were only told to have investment in yeah like they were it, once again circling back to just clones being money yeah for the Kevin Owens 
their only purpose, they have two purposes. To fight for the Republic mm-hmm. against the Separatists and to make money for the Kaminoans. Yeah. That is their two purposes. Because the more clones that are made, the more money that the Kaminoans get. Exactly. And there was a reason that they contacted such, you know, high quality engineers like Kuat Drive Yards and Kuat Entrala, their subsidiary, and Rothana Heavy Engineering, all these, you know, Blast Tech, all these places, all these like big name companies. They didn't go to somebody who was like small. They wanted big name contracts so that when they dropped, when they dumped the clone army in the Republic's lap, because it was a secret up until the Battle of Geonosis. Nobody knew about it except for, you know, Republic higher-ups like Palpatine and his close confidants. When they dropped it in the Jedi's lap specifically, you know, this was this was first and foremost an effort, an exercise in control. Secondly, it was an effort to make a lot of money because money equals power, especially in a system, in a democracy. Because, you know, there was lobbying in the Republic. We saw it. There, the Techno Union, the Trade Federation, they had seats on the Senate. They were not, they weren't planetary governments or governmental entities. They were corporations, and yeah. they were given Senate seats, which should show the extent of the lobbying in their government at that time. Yeah, I, I specifically like as you as you said that I was like, oh yeah, I remember seeing like scenes from like Revenge of the Sith, like specifically Revenge of the Sith, uh, seeing them, and how like just over like pan over shots seeing them like within yeah the um in the rotunda yeah yeah and there was more there i mean it goes a lot deeper too like you would see that um you know the i mean the republic or the senate didn't officially know this they had no connections but you could see that newt gunray and you know other um watt tambor you know the heads of the the techno union the trade federation they were they were working with the separatists too. They they didn't have they had plausible deniability because they said, well, we sell our trade. We've been selling our Luker Hulk battleships and our Providence class ships all all over the galaxy for decades. They're old models. They're just using what they had on hand. There's no connection to us. They were profiteering off the war. And Blastech also made the the droid blasters, the E fives, not just the you know the clone rifles. They they were funding both sides of the war. Yeah, like. Listen, and I'm like, uh, I'm, I'm like, once again, referring back to this uh, propaganda poster. It's like political double talk. Mm-hmm. Talking out both sides of your mouth. Where I want to, like, no, I'm bringing, like, looping it back down to Padme, who is like, hey, this system is corrupt. Let's give clone rights so we don't have this lobbying. Mm-hmm. So th- these clones are not just, prof- like, dollar signs. They are, they're, they're people, because she, you know, she interacted with the clones, I'm sure, especially with her relationship with Anakin, she saw how close oh, yeah. he was to Rex. Oh, yeah. And no, she was close to Ahsoka, who was also close to a lot of the clones. Mm-hmm. She firsthand saw that these were people, and a lot of the senators didn't believe that. They saw them as another war asset to, oh, a means to an end, rather, yeah. to end the war. And I, I, I keep thinking of the Ahsoka quote that she said. She's like... Jedi, I'm going to paraphrase a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. Jedis were meant to be keepers of the peace, but ever since I was a Padawan, I've been a soldier. Yep. That mirrors what Mace Windu said. He said we're keepers of the peace, not soldiers. I think she might have got it from him because he was, or he got it from her, one way or the other, because they're mm-hmm. both very sagely wise characters and they both have an incredible perception of the world around them. I mean, they were like 
some of the only characters to have had a chance during Order 66 because they were so hyper aware of their surroundings. The only reason we saw, the only reason Mace Windu was, you know, uh, was killed or quote unquote killed if you believe that he's still alive. Some people do. You know, I'd, I'd like it if he was. Oh, me too. Samuel would... Jackson wants to get he, back to Star he Wars. Wants... See, I'm, I'm not going to talk about how I feel how weird it is to have Samuel Jackson in a Star Wars movie <laughs> for this time. Um, so I'll let you guys continue. <laughs> but like, you know, um, I mean, they were both very perceptive individuals and they both saw, you know, they saw the way the Jedi were headed. That's why Ahsoka left the Order. Exactly. And as much as I detest what Barris did, she was yeah. correct when, you know, when she stood trial and she <laughs> said that we are, you know, we're becoming soldiers and we're falling prey to the dark side. Like, you are an order of religious monks set to, you know, born out of the necessity to sort of understand and, uh, you know, and not really, I guess, worship, but, you know, to, to understand and to learn about the force and here you are playing soldier boy and getting so many of your there were padawans at geonosis there were 212 jedi there there was at least 100 padawan there the only the only ones to survive were about 40 of them oh yeah geonosis was a slaughter it was incredibly it, it was it was horrible that was like you know they they keep on every time i read about you know the clones perspective perspective of geonosis it was like you know, we were made for this, but was it really worth it? All that violence and all the, you know, the the death, the loss of life, was it really worth it? Literally, like, you, you watch, like, I'm just thinking at the end of Attack of the Clones. Right. It is a absolute slaughter of both sides, but once again, I'm slowly going to go into the Separatist talk. How, the Separatists didn't lose anything... Human, like, life-wise. Human life-wise. Not, not human life-wise, as in, you know, just life in general. Sentient, yeah. Sentient life. Sentient they life. did not lose anything except... Droids. Droids. And maybe some maybe some credits. Maybe also, you know, and some politicians. And, 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 and a few officers. You know, a few officers, materials. But if, if you think about it, the... The Republic had dealt with greater losses. Oh, yeah. yeah. Compared to the Separatists. Because the Separatists could just go in, take the scraps of the droids, remake them. Mm-hmm. And they're, st- they're still making money. Mm-hmm. Because someone's someone's got to go collect the droid parts. Someone's got to go refurbish them and control the factories. Yeah, yeah, they could incentivize the rebuilding of droids with, like, pan-galactic recycling initiatives. Like how, you know, we have... How, how other countries, they... they bought, Sweden buys... Well, at least at one point, bought garbage from other countries to recycle into renewable oh, fuel. Yeah. That's a thing that they could have done to mitigate the cost. So really, they weren't losing much aside from the, you know, the sentient officers that were on board the ships that were destroyed or the sentient officers leading the ground assault, you know, with separatist forces. Yeah, but like we, we see just I'm um, like Clone Wars uh, show. Mm-hmm. We see like every time that the clones go in, the clone and Jedi's go and they're just fighting against some robots it, it's you know because it, it, it the easiest way to create your villain is to make it something that can not technically feel mm-hmm. even though we do see droids technically have some personality at least the separatist droids we know droids have personality i mean just look mm-hmm. at r2d2 yeah but like we see even though the like the 
I don't know what the, the Roger Roger droids. The B ones. The B ones. The B ones. The, yeah, the later models. We see models. the B ones have droids. I'm just thinking of the scene from season seven of Clone Wars with the tactical droid and Anakin doing his war crime, and the tactical <laughs> droid seems very annoyed with the B one, who's technically in charge. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm thinking droids do have personality. They have something in there, but, but it's not. But it's not technically we what. The people, the actual, the, Here, the flesh here's, people. Here's my sentient. here's my argument for the difference between um, a droid, a droid, and a clone when it comes to personality. Because all the droids, no matter what model, seem to have the same personality across the board. Right. B ones are notoriously dumb. Yeah. They all have the same personality, same voice. Um, not saying clones don't have the same voice. They but do. But there's sli- there's slight variations. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, I'm trying to think. Uh, the tactical droids, every tactical droid we've seen is pretty much the same. Yeah. Um, they're yeah. all the same. While clones are have very, very distinct personality traits. I mean, compare Rex to, like, Cody, Wol- to Wolf, to... To Cut, Gregor. To Gregor, to Cut. To even the Bad Batch themselves, even if they are genetically modified, they have vastly different personalities compared to the, uh, to the Regs. Yeah. Like... Let's even talk about Bad Batch for a little bit, because... Mm-hmm. Before we go on our break. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about Bad Batch for about, like, two minutes before we go on break. Um, like, just looking at... Main four Bad Batch. Right. Wh- wh- who we start, which is Hunter, Wrecker, Tech, and Crosshair. Crosshair. They all have vastly different personalities. How much of that is the genetic breeding? We don't know. Well, genetic modification. And how much of that is just... Them, their what, own personalities, what they developed over time. Because I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about episode one of Bad Batch, when Tech is when Tech is hypothesizing why uh-huh. all the clones are, uh, kind of acting strange. Yeah, and then he goes, oh, it's because the inhibitor chip, and and we're, we're, like, we we are, are bred for specific about? things. And Wrecker gets mad because he says, I like to blow things up because I like to blow things up. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it, that's that's personality. Yeah. yeah, something that a lot of the droids every droid doesn't have is even the way that the clones hold themselves physically they they get tattoos right they cut their hair they cut their hair they dye their hair like it's something for self-expression that's what the droids don't have the bioethics of the clone wars we were and now we're talking about separatist economics yep uh so we we were we just kind of finished it like three minutes ago we were just talking a little bit about it and mm-hmm. saying how there was no real loss of life during the Clone Wars. Um, sorry. There was tons of loss of life during the Clone Wars. There was. Separatists. Separatists didn't really have that, did they? No. Because um, I'm trying to think. Joe, who, who's some admirals on ships in the Separatists? Do you know uh, any? All I, we really know of was... I know the spider-looking... Admiral guy. Trench, yeah. That guy? There do. was There was him. There was... Lockdurd, who is a land, uh, he was he was the one who, you know, uh, spearheaded the defoliator project that they tried to use on the little lemur people. Yeah, which is a horrible war crime because it is cruel. You know that how that it is, is. <laughs> that is like that falls under torturous weapons of war, which is a whole other topic that I don't really want to get into because I could be here for hours about right. like Republican separatist tools of war that were. Just very unethical, but um, yeah, there was Lockdurd, there was unofficially Newt Gunray, and uh, 
What's his name? The I'm, uh, I'm looking at stuff. So obviously Asajj mm-hmm. is a separatist. Yes. Cleave, Duke Solha, Colonel Coburn Seer. That's what I'm getting just straight from uh, the wiki. But that's just a, a few of them. Yeah, there were there were a lot more in Legends. Uh, you know, separatist admirals, generals. There was Severance Tan, the Chiss acolyte who Count Dooku adopted. There was uh, Count Dooku adopted. Yes, he he unofficially adopted her. She became his ward. Count Dooku sort is of. our father. <laughs> um, there was oh General Grievous. Oh, the you know, biggest one, the guy, the one that the entire Outer Rim sieges was focused on. The one who's getting an anime woman version of <laughs> anime women <laughs> anime made by women. Studio Trigger. I I love women. I love women, <laughs> especially when they have six arms. Um, but yeah, I I, but just that list. Uh, compared to how many um the, living people there in was the Republican? There's a lot of. I almost said Republican. The, <laughs> the Republican. I will name off my hands ten. There was God. Admiral Adar Talon, Wolf Yalaren, Admiral Tarkin. Admiral Coburn, uh, who is God, I, I mean, I, I might name some Jedi who died too. There was Ima Gundi, who his name literally spells out that he was gonna die, which is kind of funny. There was uh, he was well, he was not he was non-human. There were more legends like General Jandadana, who was later on, you know, one of the leaders of the rebellion. Captain Antilles, who you know was killed in the opening of Episode Four was also a veteran of the Clone Wars. Uh, that's seven. Let's see, there was... Oh, Sean Killian, the Admiral who was under the command of Mace Windu. There was, like... I, that's eight. That's all I got. Who Ten was, was a little ambitious. Who was the under the... Uh, uh, Anakin's guy? That was Wolfie Lauren. Yeah, that guy. Yeah, I, I mentioned him. He's one of my favorite characters. The guy who does the opening for every episode. That guy. <laughs> the narrator. He does have a very good voice, so I understand he why. He also, like, anytime I hear him anything else, I'm like, oh, that's the guy from Clone Wars. Oh, that's the guy from Clone Wars. And, well, ju- just that list of eight that I can name off the top of my head. Which is why you are the encyclopedia of Star Wars. <laughs> there are, there, there's obviously a lot, like, not only are they more memorable, but there's just more of them. And, you know, they are our hero, technically our heroes, so yeah. of course we're going to know more about them. So we spend more time with them. You know. But I, I know if I need some obscure Star Wars fact, I could ask Joe, and Joe will... No, she won't. 89% of the time will know the answer. It's it's a, a blessing and a curse. <laughs> but, okay. So, that just kind of proves the point that there's a lot more uh, living, sent- living creatures on the Republic side than there were the Separatists. Mm-hmm. So, I kind of want to talk about the, how the, the, the productions of droids would have caused a general economic boost Mm -hmm. in the separatist worlds due to, you know, giving jobs. You need someone to mine the metals and components for um, droids. You need someone to oversee the... Like, listen, a lot of the droid factories were kind of machine already, but you need someone to oversee those. Those are creations of jobs. And unlike the Republic, those jobs are still had even after the loss of the droids. 
Unless the Republic blows up your uh, your factory. They're you also like programmers. Hmm? There were also programmers who would exactly. program the droids, uh, the droids' AI brains, which I think they're more. I I think they would be more close to VI, like dictionary definition, because they aren't necessarily sentient. But mm-hmm. that's again another argument. Um, you know, they they program the droids and then they would edit their software because they did have kinks in their personalities. Because you know the original B ones, the ones that were connected to the um the the droid. The, the droid brains in the Lucre Hulk ships from like episode one, the older OOM models, those were, they had next to no, uh, like they, they had next to no independent thinking because they're all connected to one power supply, one droid brain, one, that's why I went to like a hive up. mind. Yeah. Yeah. They were very much, they were very much modeled after the Geonosians that who, uh, you know, who developed them, mm-hmm. who are a hive mind species. Uh, you know, they, they had programmers that had to, edit and fix it's like the geth <laughs> oh my god it's like the geth they had to have programmers who worked on these brains they had to have mechanics who maintained the larger stuff like the Harold fire droids or the spider walkers and if we know anything about mechanics they practically never go out of business because something always needs fixing yeah like those are like simultaneously creations of jobs continuously yeah jobs that are almost never lost well, going back to the clones, mm-hmm. th- one source. One. There is one source for clones, and that is the Kaminoans. Kaminoans. Mm-hmm. And no. now we know that, uh, you know, they're kind of all... Spoiler for the Bad, bad Batch. They oh. did. <laughs> uh, the Kamino cloning facility is no more. It is no more. And they're... And we all... The only one I think we know of that's still possibly is Nalvase, because they took her with them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Prime the one- Minister. And the prime no, 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 no. The prime no. It's implied. It's implied that he's either dead or in prison. We don't really know. He's. I thought. I thought they there was a whole thing. Him. They said they don't need him anymore, but they carted him. They Sh- carted Sean, him off like, in Would cuffs. you like to go on for a moment? <laughs> I'm turning. I'm turning on Sean's mic. <laughs> Sean, your mic is on. If you'd like to speak. <laughs> Give us a moment. Huh? 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 Get closer. There you go. Hi. Can you hear me? Yes, yep. I can. Yeah. Hi, so I'm the other guest. My name is Sean, and I'm also a Star Wars fan, but not as much as Joe. Um, I do believe that they killed the Prime Minister because at the end of the Bad Batch episode, they did bring in, I don't think it was uh, Crosshair and his guys. No, it wasn't but, Elite Squad. No. It was But it was, it was like a, it was like a, it looked like either like Darth or Death Troopers with like guns saying like oh there's no need for prime no need, need for, for politicians. politicians in the new new empire yeah and then they like closed the door they were if my I memory serves they were the gray uh the gray painted Camino guard which are basically like army MPs so it, I think like I think what they're implying is that they arrested him and they're going to kill him and maybe that's going to be a plot point for season two or they're just gonna outright have said oh he was he was executed off screen which also is both very dark we we were talking about this i need to mm-hmm. ask you because you because mm-hmm. you, you brought this up when we were watching bad batch um last weekend mm-hmm. is <laughs> the the twi'lek uh senator is he dead uh orn Fritan, no he was shot it um you you'll hear admiral rampart telling crosshair uh that he he was glad that crosshair caught uh, I'm sorry. He was uh, t- Captain Hauser. He was he was glad that they caught the rebels who were implicit in the attempted assassination of Senator Ornfrita, oh. 
and that's where Hauser sort of had his his biggest moral conflict where he looked at this admiral and looked at the unconscious body of the senator of Ryloth and thought if they're going to dispose of this guy who's way more important than a clone like me they're going to dispose of me and my brothers and I have to do something about it okay because we thought he was dead we thought we were, he was dead yeah, yeah no. I always thought that it was just like oh that was just like a lie that they told to the to the civilians you know my PR brain so <laughs> <laughs> on the wiki it says that he's still alive so yeah. I'm going to go with that because okay. alright yeah. I, I trust the Wikipedia because they're scarily accurate with a lot of they things. Are. Yeah, they they're are. they're not official, but they're pretty much almost always on point. Yeah. Um. So back 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 to economics. Back mm-hmm. to the separatist. Back to separatist economics. Um. So after the end of the Clone Wars, those production lines would be shut down because there's no yeah. longer a need to produce for droids. Yeah, because you know the Galactic Empire. Do you really think the Galactic Empire is going to compensate them? No, they aren't. There's going to be... Listen, as the Empire is taking over the Separatist planets, there's going to be a huge economic crash. Mm-hmm. Due to loss of jobs. Mm-hmm. Because, I, listen, I'm kind of assuming I'm no economics major. I'm actually kind of very bad at math. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand how the stock market works, so I probably uh. should be the last person talking about this. So this is all assumption, just kind of logical thinking. There's going to be a loss of jobs due to the Clone Wars ending. Oh, yeah. A huge loss of jobs. Yeah. Which means that there's going to be an economic crash because there's no more... There is no longer a need to produce droids. So as the Empire takes over... Yeah. You think they're going to... You think they're going to give them money? It's... They're going to... Here's a little game theory. Uh Uh-huh. They probably got enlisted. Oh. Oh, yeah. If it's anything like how... We worked. How how armies work uh not naming specific countries no specific countries um just armies just armies they probably probably a lot of old separatists enlist in the galactic empire em- empire oh, yeah. uh, military oh yeah to get work and get paid so i was just thinking about the great depression and how after world not after world war one it kind of went downhill. Mm-hmm. And then World War II happened, and it went back up because we were creating more weapons. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Uh, would local history buff like to add anything? Yes, would you? Uh, yeah, wartime economies often do create such big booms like that. And then afterward, if they can't sort of ride the high like they did uh, after World War II rather than World War One, we did learn from our mistakes, and we kept the economic boom going. And then we immediately got into Vietnam. Oh, well, you know. Korea, then Vietnam. But uh, we sort of, like, we kept the wartime economy going and we never really stopped. The thing was that, like, when we transitioned, it wasn't it wasn't necessarily a war, quote-unquote. It was a police action in Korea. But it was, it was more reason to keep manufacturing and producing weapons and all that sort of thing. And, you know, when, when it stopped and it kept going, well, it kept going with the Cold War, but very much, you know, in secret or not on paper, it was very much like the economy started to stagnate under the Reagan administration. We did have a lot of stagnation, and we did have a lot of, uh, you know, there weren't as many jobs being created as there were under previous administrations because of the conflicts that were going on. The same thing happened with the empire. The empire was forced to create enemies. That was why why, uh, Admiral Rampart let the rebels on Ryloth get away with arming themselves the first time and he would let them and that that's why also 
in the Rogue One Catalyst book, Tarkin would allow these separatists that were in charge of these... Um, I, f- I forget the planetary government that was in charge of the uh, the headquarters of Zerpin Industries. Mm. He allowed them to arm up, create more droids. He allowed them to basically... He let them run wild for a while because the Empire needed enemies to test their war machine out on, and they needed to produce more. They needed more jobs. They needed more. They needed more security. Is what they needed. More power, and that's really kind of what wartime economies are really good for: is creating jobs and creating stability. And I, I guess that's kind of the mirror that they were going for with, uh, with what was going on on Ryloth and the rest of the galaxy during the early days of the Empire. Yeah, but like, I, I, I can't really... I, I wasn't really thinking... It's been a hot minute since I watched this video. Uh, the, the the film theory mm-hmm. that Matt Pat did. Um, the economic crash that would have happened after the um, the blown up when the first SSR blew up. Mm-hmm. Which, he he's doing it as it was strictly, like, trade, which it wouldn't have been. There would not have been such a harsh economic crash after the... First Death Star, like Matt Pat says, because hmm. uh, the Empire was not trading, was not paying people. Yeah, everything was subsidized by yeah, the government. Yeah, they were using slavery, and um, they they glass planets. It, this was not like yeah a free market kind of thing. So the economic crash would not have been so hard hmm. after the after the first Death Star was destroyed. But you no, know, if Matt had if if Matt what Matt Pat said had happened, which it doesn't, you know. Yes, there would have been a galactic-wide economic crash. Oh, yeah. Due to lack of, like, and that's that's what kind of brought me to this idea with the the separatists is that, you know, these these were paying jobs and these were people who were working and getting paid, and then all of a sudden they are out of work. Out of work, and now a new empire empire is coming and taking their property and such. So I can't. No, Bad Batch is still going on, so hopefully, yeah. hopefully we get to see more of that in season two because that's something I'm really interested in with this kind of stuff. Right. If you haven't told, we've been talking about this for like 45 minutes, over 45 minutes, <laughs> so I'm quite interested in this. Um, you know, they're not gonna be like, "Hey, separatist, old separatist planets, here's some money to boost your economy." Yeah. <laughs> no, they're gonna glass those planets for all its resources, which I'm sure their resources are already kind of depleted due to the Clone Wars. And they're gonna have any people who are willing to uh, go into the uh, empire go into the empire, and that's how it's gonna work. And there's gonna be those planets are probably going to be very very poor compared to ones that were yeah. republic. And no, we're supportive of the clones. Mm-hmm. So, Joe, do you have anything to say? Because you were kind of. Mm-hmm-ing. Uh yeah, I was I I was agreeing because you you did make you made a lot of points there saying that like you know the uh, the empire would not have compensated people especially when they were left uh when when they left because the empire was very they they had a very stratified leadership where the moths were kind of in charge of of a lot of things after the introduction of moths which was very shortly after uh shortly you know, around the time of Project Stardust, uh, you know, they, they allowed the moths to sort of govern and deal with insurgents, enemies, criminals, however, in the way that they pleased. You could see with uh, Lords of the Sith, the moth in the Ryloth sector, Delian Moors was a lazy, 
do-nothing who allowed crime to run rampant so long as she wasn't harmed or affected in any way. And she was even complicit in the crime. She was benefiting from the spice trade. And then with the polar opposite, with Moff Tarkin, he destroyed entire cities. He ruined the Zerpin Corporation's headquarters and the city surrounding it. He forced civilians who were trying to evacuate to remain in the city and continue to attack them, and he allowed the insurgents who were led by Saw Gerrera to continue to attack his garrisons. And, yeah, he was very... He was the polar opposite. He was very cruel and unforgiving, and there was no way that anybody could petition him for compensation. Yeah, so, I mean, I guess that kind of, like, wraps up our main points. I would love to talk about this more, hopefully. We could Maybe get, we can... Yeah, we do another show about we, this. We could do today. another show about this, because we could talk about this all day. Oh, yeah. Um... But we're going to kind of wrap it up right now. So thank you for listening. You've been listening to 90.3 WMFC Upper Montclair with Fandom Fair with your host, Sam. And Midge. And up next is The Real News. So uh, tune in for that at 1 o'clock. Uh, and thank you for listening. And if you did not get a chance to listen to this and you're interested in it, feel free to check out our uh, podcast version of this show, which is on Google Podcasts and Spotify at Fandom Fair, which is F A N D D O M. I, I can't. F-A-R-E. Thank you. I and am. Before we got the Twitter and it's. So our Twitter is the same. Not the. Yes, it's the same as our Spotify and Google podcast handle. And our Instagram is fandom underscore fair. Yeah. So you can look at those if you want to know when we're going live. But we're going to be going live at the same time for the semester, 12 p.m. to 1 p.m. EST. All right. On Sundays. So uh, thank you for listening and we will see you next week. Have a great day. Bye. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Have a great day.